0: Right, welcome to Veritas TV. Hi. I have the pleasure of having met
1: Bridget, Bridget Nielsen, Nielsen
0: today and her father, Kirk. And I wanted to introduce her to you so she can tell you a little bit about her and her story. So why don't you take it from here, Bridget?
1: My name is Bridget Nilsson, and I am an experiencer and I've been experiencing many encounters with the greys, my friends, the zeta reticuli, since I was about age three, and I've had very positive experiences with them, and I'm often taken up and I remember the experiences of going through the wall, being on the ship, and my family's there with me, my dad's been um, detained as well as my grandma, so of course it runs through the genetic lineage. And um, after, you know, age three, I was just always on the ship working with the hybrid kids and helping the zeta reticuli in helping create these hybrid civilizations. And when I came of age, I was actually then obviously giving my eggs. Um, But there was something within me from the very beginning that I just knew what it was for. I knew the awakening that they were helping with our humanity. And I've always related to the Greys as as me. They're, you know, humanoid, future us. And I have an incarnation as them. I have an incarnation as reptilian. So I feel very comfortable with them. And they've always been very nice to me, even though they would knock out my dad on the ship, because maybe he couldn't be aware. And so now I'm connected with my hybrid kids telepathically. And I'm creating communities to land so that they can land soon and be with me. So it's very exciting times.
0: I have to tell you, Bridget, a lot of the people I've interviewed for some reason, they don't seem as positive or as optimistic, uh, happy about the experiences. You seem to have embraced this. Why is it so different with you?
1: Um, From what I've experienced in my regressions and what I remember from when I was a kid, is my first memories, you know, of anything spiritual or anything conscious was literally looking at the stars and just bawling with so much love and so much gratitude so I think I just remembered more of why it was happening and so instead of seeing like their reflection as like some negative thing that was you know scaring my ego structure I had remembered from the very beginning since birth of of why and I felt that within me and I knew that part of my purpose in this life is to help bridge that gap and connect you know parents with their kids and to help people understand the consciousness behind this and not just the fear of the mystery behind it
0: tell us a little bit more about you where were you born when were you born
1: i was born in salt lake city utah and um, i was raised with no kind of religious background or no anything, and then all of this just kind of sparked up in all of my telepathic skills. And Somebody
0: told me that you were a Mormon until proven otherwise if you are born in, <laughs> in Utah, no disrespect to my Mormon friends, but how are these experiences, how did they affect you living in a, in, a, in a city that is predominantly very conservative, very religious?
1: I mean, from the beginning, anything that I was believing, whether extreme or not, was always counter, you know, I was always the black sheep, so I just kind of grew up with that understanding. Um, So I've never been (laughs) included in that way, but I think having those experiences and now coming out and being so disclosed, it's like, well, how can you do that? And I say, well, I've I've never been necessarily well received, so I'm kind of used to it, and I'm just going to be me. So that's where I am with it.
0: It's very impressive that this has not affected you as, as it has to many other people who walk with the secret they don't even know where to turn to you know we're very fortunate to have people like Dr. Leo Sprinkle yeah. and some others where you feel welcome and, and you can be yourself what do you tell others like you who are not in the same position as privileged as you are?
1: I tell them just to um, acknowledge it within themselves um, is step one and um, to express it to anyone that it would feel safe with or like with you know someone like me or Leo Sprinkle or fellow experiencers to just be able to communicate it and acknowledge it because I think when it's suppressed or pushed away or not acknowledged it becomes this like shadowy trauma you know that people that follow people through their lives but literally whenever I see someone actually just express it and verbalize it it's like their life changes just by letting it go and letting it be free and then they can understand more of why it happened rather than not acknowledging it and then nothing can come they can't come to terms with it in that state
0: when have when did you start speaking your your truth
1: i started speaking my truth about ufos and aliens probably only six months ago um i opened up to the idea of just consciousness because i do mediumship and other kinds of psychic work so I had already been used to communicating in different ways and believing and trusting like my guidance and what I experienced. So by the time that this came to pass, you know I'd already been doing years of expressing paranormal phenomenon. So ETs were just the next step. And um, with such heavy guidance from a soul perspective, I just knew that this was what I had to say, and it's like I had no other choice in a very good way.
0: What prompted you to finally, and and, and I thought for for some reason it was longer uh, before, why so recent?
1: The big... um, i think perfect timing i mean last year was december 21st you know so i think it's one of those things where it needed to happen now and everything that i was doing before that prepped me to be confident and to completely go forward with it and one of the big things that prompted it is i use consciousness and everything that i do so i know that i am the mic i am the micro of the macro so whatever i create whatever i transform in myself will create that in my quantum physics reality And so, when I looked at the disclosure topic, I went, what can I do, you know, what can I do to have this assist in the bigger collective? What can I do to have my government disclose? And I went, well, I can disclose it myself. I mean, if I literally can't express it, how can the government express it? And so I said, well, the first thing that I can do that's very basic, very simple, but profound within me, which can reflect in my reality, is actually just do a video and post it on YouTube, which is the most exposing, vulnerable thing that I can do. And from there, then I was on a big radio station a few days later, and it just kind of went wild. But I knew that I had to go forth so that um, the government can and other people can, and it can just start sparking in my reality.
0: I always tell people that I will never, well, I never, I'm not being pessimistic here, but being realistic i don't see governments of the world disclosing and if they do i will always question the motives i think this is this is going to happen at a grassroots level do you agree with that
1: i mean i totally agree and it's going to be one of those things that the governments in their suppression you know they they can't have as much et contact they can't have they're not going to have the consciousness and the community behind it so all i'm interested in is doing my personal work to, you know, integrate any kind of fear and to express myself as best as I can so that I can make contact, you know, with myself and then I can take pictures and show other people and have that just be what, like, is a fact. So then the government can't deny it anymore. So it's just, it is a very individual thing that can shift the bigger whole.
0: I can't help but... Connect dots and compare you with others. Mm-hmm. And and one thing that I continue to see in you is that you display absolutely no fear. No. I've, you, worked, you? I've
1: worked through it, though.
0: Oh, so you had fear before?
1: I mean, I had fear because it's, it's, I think a lot of the fear is like the negative ego structure of, this kills any beliefs about, you know, time, space, about programming of our society, about goals and this and that. I mean, we are just a small piece of the bigger puzzle but in a way that makes it so much more profound and deep and so this eradicates our current system everything that we know so in that sense it is fearful and i think and also acknowledging that the gray that i'm seeing is me you know it is a reflection of me it is say like my incarnation because it's usually the gray abducting yourself so I had to understand this and understand, like, the darkness of, like, what they may have been going through, but then understand that that's mine. So it's really just the fear of taking personal responsibility for what I've created, even if it's not on a conscious level, it might be more of a soul level, just knowing that I'm the one that spawned and created this whole thing.
0: Have you met, met others like you?
1: Um, more and more, definitely, because I think there's something about my age that's sparking it in other people my age just to come out, and there's something more free, um, specifically in our generation. I know that their abduction experiences were much more positive and freeing at that stage, whereas like my father's were more terrifying and they were more... Aggressive, you could say. Um, So, a lot of the kids, um, I call them kids like me, um, our age, it's a lot easier to express ourselves and to come to terms with it just because there is more of a remembrance. I mean, there is something to the Indigo Crystal kids where we're like, this is just the way that it is, and we know this to be true, and it's just in us, it's who we are rather than we don't need a lot of evidence because we've experienced it, we remember it more than maybe other people do. So I've I've experienced a lot more um, of my youth coming forward and having similar experiences and similar comfortability in expressing it.
0: I always use the analogy of let's say you and I are driving a car and see a turtle crushing the highway and we get out of the car lift the turtle to safety, the turtle turtle urinates in fear goes running to, to its group, its family and says, my God, I'm so scared, these people just carried me, but she doesn't see that we actually saved her. What happened to your father and to many other abductees of the same generation? In reality, could it have been that they were trying to help and now the abductors, and I know that sounds as a pejorative, have they perfected the way in which they do it so that it's not that traumatic?
1: That's that's my experience, because mine wasn't as traumatic, and they didn't have to say, knock me out or you know have as much amnesia type of thing I knew when they were coming I'd sit up on my bed and I would just go up with them and um, it was it was no big deal and they didn't have to have as much you know like force because I wasn't as scared so it was much more easy and they're definitely assisting in you know saving us it's, it's a great analogy because it's um, just like you taking the dog to the vet the dog thing is freaked out and doesn't know that it's for its its own good. And so there's a higher realm of, of intelligence happening that we don't know about.
0: When I think of, of these stories, uh, I think of your, your very first story. Do you remember your very first experience?
1: Um, yes, um, this specific one was remembered through regression. Um, but I just went so into it and it felt so real and it was like I just said me sitting up on the bed and the lights come in the room and I just effortlessly fly through the wall go up to the ship and my family is beamed up with me my parents are knocked out and thrown against the side of the ship and I get to sit on the seat and I think that was very telling of um, the disparity between my generation and what I was avail what I was able to with whatever my consciousness was or my purpose in it, in, in incarnating was to be able to handle that, to be able to just go, oh yeah, I'm just gonna sit on the spaceship, and my parents needing to be knocked out to have to deal with this kind of an experience. So um, yeah, my first experiences were always very positive.
0: Of course, we always hear of the these experiences, experiences being multi-generational. Yes. So your parents, perhaps their parents too?
1: Yes. Come my me. my um my grandma it was wonderful Uh, recently she's LDS Mormon and my dad's mom and so we were there and I was drawing you know the hybrid kids because I channel them through Mm -hmm. and she saw the pictures and I mean she's not into anything paranormal because she follows this certain set of rules and she sees the pictures and she's like "What cute little kids and just very interested in them and I mean they've got the big eyes and everything I mean that's kind of a peculiar thing to be interested in and instantly she was drawn to it. I told her because I was very open to expressing like who I am, whether, whether she agrees with it or not, and just saying my piece. And she goes, oh, I can see where that would be very true um, for you if that's what you want. And so then a few days later, she's in the shower and she literally sees the image in the um, glass of the shower, like these outlines of the kids and she comes in to me and said Bridget why did you draw on my shower door like I saw the kids that you draw in your drawings and I said I didn't do anything I, I haven't been in your bathroom none of that and she goes I know what I saw I saw the kids they were they were in the outline of my shower and I said I didn't do it and I know when with working with the kids that they only come directly to their parents there's not a kid coming to some random person there's always a direct connection and usually dna connection at these you know in this first stage of contact with the hybrids so i said grandma they must be your hybrid kids because mine mine only can come to me and my, and my dad's come to his and they're hybrid kids because we know it runs in the family line and she just was kind of freaking out you know depending on what her belief systems were and. Finally, she just goes. Well, I know what I saw, and I don't know how to explain it. And then later that week, she experienced you know these kids running around the house when no one was, no one else was home, and um, so a lot of paranormal paranormal things were happening for her. And I knew, being a medium and connecting with you know uh, spirits that have passed, that there was nothing else in the house of any other sort. So it must have been these hybrid kids. So, um, and it also, my uncle's very into this, my dad's oldest brother. So there's definitely something going on in the family that extends way beyond even my dad's generation and who who knows how far it goes back. So it's very interesting.
0: What is the true purpose of, I hate to even call it an experiment, but it sounds like it.
1: Of what the Grays are doing? Yes. I mean, I think that it's a co-creation of two versions of us in two different time spaces Um, one going down a very negative time time timeline and i think that this epicenter of this specific incarnation and this possibility with december 21st and the end of the mayan calendar in this lifetime is the crossroads and the zetas went down the negative path they went down where you know the government does the underground tunnels and we do blow ourselves up and we do genetically modify ourselves out of reproduction and emotion and i feel like those are a parallel reality us they went down such like a destructive timeline and we're coming together and they're saying hey don't do that again like we're teaching you we're catching you right before you make the decision and so now we're choosing now we can go either way we can go positive and transform, or we can go down that timeline again. So I think we're creating, co-creating in two different timelines to help awaken and help change our future.
0: We always hear of the non-intervention agreement, whether that's true or not. You know, with your, your your father and some of his generation, you would think, okay, where's the the respect for free will? But now they seem to be respecting that.
1: Yeah, and and free will. I mean, on what level of consciousness? Because free will to the ego is very different than free will to the soul's purpose for incarnating. So I think in taking us from the level of you know consciousness up to subconscious, up to unconscious, to like our soul purpose, which is all up higher in frequency, we're going to find why we're doing this. And in my regressions, the more I look into these unknown places, the more I understand like why I'm here and why I'm incarnate and it's the most beautiful soul completion understanding that I didn't have before I looked into these unknown places so it's really not scary to look in them once you understand like the greater purpose which is way bigger and way more loving than the ego can even understand
0: in doing what I do I always speak to with people who are smart at the same time I find a few a lot of them, but in your case, it's the wisdom that comes comes across. And that, that's regardless of your age. You are obviously a very young woman, but the wisdom comes across. Do hmm. you think, are you aware of your previous lives, if, you, if that's something that you discuss?
1: I, so much. I mean, that's one of the, the things that I do is I, um, I can tune into different parallel realities because they're not past, they're all happening now, simultaneous. Um, so, I mean, one of the big ones is, um, my Pleiadian incarnation, which happened in my regression, because, um, Barbara Lamb, when she did the regression, kept going, why are you okay with them doing all this and knocking your parents against the wall? And I said, and I just went, because they told me, and she goes, who's they? And I said, And then I instantly saw this big Pleiadian man and I was taken to this other planet and saw the setting of where this big group of of beings in Pleiades were volunteering to go to Earth and participate in this life. And I volunteered and this was me incarnating and I told myself from that reality I would never forget. I would remind myself so that I would know what this life was about. And so I know that I have like the Pleiadian lives My Syrian life is very much so helping me. Um, All the other incarnations, my earth lives are very helpful. I mean, just even my navigator, you know, pioneer on the seas life is helping me pioneer me through this. So I feel like all of them are very aware of what I'm doing and I'm aware of them. And we're helping each other in this really amazing time that's, you know, the first time we've awoken from such a deep, dark illusion into like our true infinite selves so it's definitely a co-creation of many lives coming together and i can fill them all and i think that that's why i can be so fully clear and express myself is because i have so much support in all these different realities
0: indeed there's a lot of december 21st 2012 exhaustion as you probably know yes do you think something really happened at least consciously for the planet that made people change?
1: Well, I mean, just the fact that so many people were focused at that moment on something, on something happening, whatever it was, I think changed something. And one of the things that was my big realization after that happened is I was going, yay, like the collective consciousness is more positive, ta da, we're good. And after that, I had, you know, for the first time, kind of a, a down, a downer, kind of depressing few weeks and I was wondering what it was and I was talking to my dad and one of the things we discussed is well the collective consciousness is now 51 percent positive on average and then he goes but the collective isn't you because you're the micro of the macro and at that moment I realized like, it was the first time that I had actually become truly positive because I've thought of myself as happy oh, I'm, I'm happy-go-lucky but what how much of myself is actually originating from love, not from like agendas of getting money or this happening or being wanted or being needed. How much of me is authentically expressing myself and moving from a place of love and true authentic positivity. And I realized that until that date, I genuinely hadn't been 51% positive and I'm just barely becoming a true human. You know, we talk about becoming that we're part extraterrestrial and needing that as a permission slip to make ourselves you know feel more infinite you know in this kind of dismal world but really we're just becoming true you know raw real humans and so i think this vulnerability is the piece of true positivity and peace like in our in our world so that's what i think has been happening post december 21st is that's just waking up to being truly authentic and looking at the places where we might be out of alignment and acknowledging that so we can move forward and be more truthful in who we are
0: obviously this is a mission for you yeah. an assignment yeah. have you faced any obstacles
1: all the time. I mean, it's obstacles and and it's like going out of the matrix. You remind me so much of Neo. So there's a lot of the matrix analogies that come to mind, but I mean it's literally pulling yourself out of the matrix. I mean, and it's the whole package. It's the food. You're eating the slop, which is you know, a green drink or whatnot, Um, but everything that you knew to be true whether it's sex, money, you know, comforts, anything that was programmed to us in society in the illusion is now being completely eradicated. And in that, you know, the ego is transforming, but what's coming out of it is so much more positive now. And it's just truly coming together as humanity. But we genuinely can't leave any bit of ourselves in that old reality of, Of these needy ego comforts and we've got to take ourselves out of it so it's a big transformative thing and it takes physical action it's not just talking about it or philosophizing because I've done that for a long time and it's it's relevant to know these you know other lives or to or to do this certain thing but to take physical action and actually change our lives is just that's the only way that we're going to do this is to really do it
0: as a teenager just a few years ago.
1: Yeah.
0: How was your life and and, and and I say this all the time, I see a lot of the youth with their they're they're texting each other at a at a public place instead of talking to each other, they're texting each other. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time there's another group, the indigos, the crystal children. How was your, your life with your peers when you were a teenager?
1: Um, my life with my peers was i um, very interesting because I didn't feel a deep connection because I think I was in places that weren't as culturally open as I preferred. And so I spent a lot of time and most of my college actually researching social networks and understanding this different reality because that's literally what it is, is—is it's this other kind of digital reality. and understanding its benefits and understanding like the cons of it and now at this point I love nothing more than being you know connected with fellow human beings and like feeling their hearts and filling the earth and being present wherever I am but the amount of power of this like right now of like us being able to talk and have this like portrayed and like spread to everyone as well as you know all the people and all the possibilities that have taken place because of the internet and social networks it's so beautiful and I think that it might be you know the downfall in a way of us disconnecting as humans but it might be the very thing if we can use it for the positive for expressing who we are and to find out more truths so i think that people will find whatever they're looking for whatever you believe is what you're going to end up seeing and so using the real world and the dirt and the people around you you know and connecting that and also connecting with the social networks and youtube videos and whatever you need to lift your consciousness it's a perfect melting and so balance it for me has been always the key and that was what i always experienced through my teenage years was How do I balance all of this to become a more holistic person?
0: What did the other, your peers, what did they say about you when you were evolving?
1: When I was evolving? Mm -hmm. Oh, it was always like, what is Bridget doing now? Like she's talking to spirits or she's like looking at these past lives or why is she traveling to Cambodia? Um, Did you? I did, so I mean, I've traveled a lot. So it's always been one of those things where they're like, I don't really understand why she's doing what she's doing. But it seems like she's very happy and positive, and so there's got to be something to it. So it's always very interesting for people, and for me it's going to be really fun, you know, watching the whole UFO actually become disclosed, and more of my friends are even awakening to it. Today I got text messages of, I think that I've been abducted too. So so it's going to be fun to see more of this, like, come to light and have people come full circle and be like, oh, I think she was she was on to something all all along. But until then it's it's totally fine and they can have whatever opinions they want, so it's it's been interesting. But
0: well, there's one segment of the population that seems to be smarter, wiser. At the same time we're attacked from all fronts. We have chemtrails, we have poisons in our food. Yep. Now I hear that they're gonna start putting aspartame in the milk without labeling it. It's almost as if I don't know if you, if you agree with this, but I think the sun has a lot to do with an upgrade uh, to, to our DNA and perhaps they're doing this to keep us down. What's your take on this?
1: I, I mean, I usually, I, I'm, I'm affected and I feel the fluoride in the water that I drink today. So um, I'm very much so going, okay, just be aware of all those different things and the thing that's going to help is to neutralize the energy around it. Okay. We acknowledge that they're doing the chemtrails, so at least we're acknowledging it, so we're not in the dark, so that's step one. And then to neutralize it going, okay, that's one possible reality, that's what they're doing, but knowing that whatever I shift to in myself will be my new reflection. So if I stay and focus on the chemtrails, they'll just continue and perpetuate. So it's like, okay, refocus, change the consciousness, shift to a reality where that's not happening, But for me, I mean, I'm going, what solutions, because all the solutions are there, what solutions can I have so that I'm not affected by these things? Okay, let me drink the reverse osmosis water from the well without fluoride. Let me have these non-GMO, like, organic foods on these tower aeroponic gardens. So, I mean, these solutions are out there. And let's ground ourselves and not like, let's fill the earth instead of like the rubber on our shoes. So it's just being aware of those things and then naturally finding the solutions for them and integrating them into our lives instead of, you know, freaking out about them. It's just keep the energy high, keep the vibration high, and then shift to a reality where that's not happening anymore.
0: At such a young age, I can see that you are already a teacher and have been for a very yes. long time. So, as you're saying, you know, buy the organic food, which is more expensive, but it's, it's, it's better than having to pay the price at the hospital in the future. Yeah. But the people who are fighting, that are lucky to have a job, that cannot buy organic because they cannot spend one more penny. For those people that live in the matrix, uh, not voluntarily, but they have to in order to survive. What do you tell those people?
1: I would tell them... that's a good question. I would just tell them to be aware of their energy, to be aware of their beliefs, by what is actually um, creating the reality where they do need to and have to go to that job to survive. So just to start being aware of why they are doing what they're doing and what beliefs are facilitating that. So once they can understand that, then they can start to shift and see other possibilities. So all solutions, wherever they are, are always up in vibration. So it's you know getting out of that fear no matter like how dismal the situation can be because whatever you're experiencing the state of being is what what's important so that you can raise the vibration to get the solutions to get the possibilities of another of another reality so that's what I would suggest to do
0: Where do you derive your knowledge from?
1: Um, I derive it I derive it from a lot of different teachers that I had um, sp- such as Bashar who's a channeled extraterrestrial that's been some of the best knowledge that I've ever actually like taken action on and it's completely transformed my life um, but now at this point I'm completely guided and I trust 100% Directly or
0: do you have to go through Daryl?
1: I mean I, I watch Daryl, I watch all that that comes through but I'm getting it
0: Directly pretty, from, from Pretty much Bashar. directly
1: from Bashar well. and from my, my other guides and extraterrestrials so for me I have built up and just practiced these skills of trust and where information is coming from whether it is the ego, whether it's my higher self, whether it's a guide, who it is so that I can utilize that information to serve you know my highest good and to be pushed and guided in like a very loving direction for where I need to be so a lot of the information that I get at this point is just directly from source or guides going, okay, go in this direction, no over here and do this thing. So um, I follow my excitement and um, for the good of me and for the good of the all simultaneously.
0: You know, I was having this conversation with Grant Cameron and Richard Dolan. These are nuts and bolts researchers who for years were talking about all this, but now they're changing into the consciousness world because they realize, yes, UFOs are here. What's next? And unless we tap into the consciousness world, We won't get it. What's your definition of consciousness?
1: I'm so excited about that because I can feel it. I've I've been talking to like Lee Spiegel and some of the other guys, and they're like, hmm, I think there's something else going on here. It's an undercurrent. Um, It's an undercurrent, and it's changing, and hence December 21st, right? These are the subtle changes already happening. Um, My definition of consciousness, um, understanding that we are what we're experiencing we are our reality so literally we're just generating a projection screen and that might sound kind of cold in a way but really it's completely beautiful and empowering and just to take full responsibility that we are all that is as like a microcosm and that our little piece is a pivotal piece and we were created as little shards of existence to be a part of all that is, and that we're a critical piece of that. So taking responsibility that whatever we're creating, we're experiencing, and that it's all alive, and it's all divine, and it's all God.
0: Do you see yourself as a a bridge, as an ambassador between the... By the way, is the the, the term extraterrestrial accepted, or is there something better?
1: Extraterrestrial is good. It's fine? Yeah.
0: Okay, because I don't like to say alien.
1: Yeah, that's totally fine. Extraterrestrial is totally preferred. Okay.
0: So, do you see yourself as an ambassador, as a bridge between us, humans 1.0, and the extraterrestrials?
1: Completely. Um, My name, my mom was guided to it, which she's an abductee as well, Um, but she was guided to it when she was 16, and my name is literally Bridge E.T.
0: Ah, that's right. And so... (laughs) You know, I should have thought about that when I saw your name, Bridge E.T. You knew it, but you knew it. I guess it just... Wow, okay.
1: Yeah, so, I mean... I completely, um, yeah, I feel like that's just my calling, and I'm completely connected with them, and I'm connected with all the, like, the humans, and in love with both, and merging and infusing and creating alchemy with the two is completely, like, my passion, and I'm so excited and honored to do it, and to just... Find all the different people of what their passions are to create the whole because we need everyone to be who they are so that all of this can work because we need everyone.
0: I just realized that my subconscious mind was the one that asked that question because of the Bridge ET. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah.
1: Um, you tuned into it in my field.
0: I guess. You're I guess. very intuitive. Jeez, I didn't even realize that. Yes. So tell me more about some of the things that you are doing to help humanity.
1: I'm helping humanity by being myself. But, but, but by identifying my true peace, like what my gift is to give. And I think that's one of the big things is that people, you know, in our matrix society, it's like, oh, i just enough to survive. Like, well, I, I just need this, I need this. And it's like, at a certain point, we need to reverse that and say, what is my gift to give? And there'll be someone to receive that. There'll be someone to take care of me. There'll be, you know, if we come together as a humanity, as a society, and so my thing, my way of helping humanity is to remove all of my stuff, remove any fear, remove any beliefs that are are hindering me so that I can be fully clear, fully expressed in how I can contribute and how I can give and then fully take action on that like in in helping people so in doing this video and expressing myself and um, helping my dad create these communities and channeling the art and connecting you know the humans with their hybrid children um, and expressing my art and the different things that I do so I'm just doing it as precisely and as guided and as clear as I possibly can to help humanity as a whole because me being me is gonna help people, help be them be them.
0: Bridget, you have no idea how many people see me in conferences and for some reason, they, they tend to come to me and tell me their stories. Some of them cry, some of them hyperventilate. I am not a therapist, I'm not qualified. I haven't had experiences that I can remember. Yes. So I feel that I can help them. All I can do is provide a platform and link them to people like you and, and Leah Sprin- Dr. Leah Sprinkle and, and others. What can I do? when these people come to me because they trust?
1: Well, they come to you because they trust. So you literally just hearing them, you literally just holding space for them is the greatest gift that you can give. And connecting them with whatever like tools that they need, but it's really just being heard and being received for and believing them, you know? There's no ridicule in it. It's like literally you just feeling who they are and feeling that experience is their truth is completely a gift because you know as well as i do that many people don't and so that's your true gift is to create this platform so that it can be the grassroots that does express this to all of humanity to know that this is true and to know that other people can have a safe haven to express themselves so that the governments can then you know share what they have and everything can be disclosed so you are disclosure and you're being able to receive and hold the space for that
0: but see it's so unique to see somebody like you because you're positive you're honest about it it just it comes across so so obvious and transparent and when I see my compassion for these people who walk their lives and they have to pretend they're someone who they're not because they had an experience their marriages fall apart yeah. their businesses fall apart, yeah. they don't know who to turn. Yeah. And I feel that we need to do something to help them yeah. because it's unfair for them to, to live this life this way.
1: Yeah. And I know that from a lot of my um, experience in trauma work, um, whether it's you know uh, abuse or rape or those kinds of things, a lot of what I've experienced, even in people expressing their uh, ET experiences this weekend and this week has been um, just the ability to share, because anytime something is repressed, you know, any secret, you know, trauma, abuse, anything like that. Anytime it's repressed and put away, that's when it breaks everything apart. That's when it screws everything up, because it's held in the shadow. And so, the second that's come to light, the like chemical constituents of crying and like th- them doing that for you is literally releasing that. That sweat, that like crying is already helping them. So, um, so, just the platform is literally changing um, that ability so that they don't have to go through the, you know, all the, the trauma of the marriage breaking apart or the family or the job loss. So having the platform is the you know, critical ingredient for them to clearly be free from their experiences.
0: This question may, may be a little bit uncomfortable to answer, Yeah. but do you know if there is government involvement in abductions?
1: I've heard that there is. I mean, some sort of acknowledgement or agreement that it was okay for the abductions to occur. I know that there's some degree of government involvement in that way.
0: Have you had any government encounter because of what you speak about?
1: No. I don't think that they can perceive me. I don't know, they haven't found me. And if they did, I would be able to intuit who they were. No, no. I, I mean, I haven't had any negative experiences with the government yet. I'm hoping, and I'm putting it out to there their to them right now, that I would love to help them with disclosure, to be that part of it, to be a face, you know, so that it's an easier transition, because the thing is, is for us to allow them to disclose, we've got to go, you know what? it's okay we unconditionally love that you've lied to us we understand that we're the ones that created you to have to do this that you thought we had to be sheltered from this so at that point we're gonna have to be able to love them and we're gonna have to be able to you know smoothly communicate that to all of society So the peace you know within ourselves has to be in place so we don't create the war between us cause we're just creating our governments and so right now we need to be at peace with them and to understand where they've come from and the fear they must be experiencing to have to hide this so um that's part of the peace and coming to terms with it
0: are you advocating uh, immunity for those who have been involved with the secret because for more for multiple reasons i can play devil's advocate for a second if indeed we're at war with other countries and. You know, if they find out that we have this technology, they can use it against us, and that's why they have kept the secret. At the same time, we have the petroleum industry, the big pharma. If all these secrets were to be revealed, those industries would, would vanish. Right. So how do you advocate immunity if this is the status quo?
1: I mean, in my uh, to me, everything's, again, this old system, the economic structure, structure the social structure, everything, it can't hold much longer, so I mean holding on to these industries, holding on to these last remnants, it's going to eventually fall anyways and a lot of these other countries are wanting to disclose and the US want the US need to be the leaders in it and to step up in a positive way of being who they really are and not perpetrating, you know, with war, so I think immunity is one of the solutions and the fallout of us at least acknowledging and expressing the truth is going to be far more great than suppressing it, suppressing it, and then having the whole structure collapse anyways. So I think if we can just turn ourselves around and start being truthful and being authentic, things are going to be in more natural flow because they are coming from a more positive perspective.
0: I've always had this question, if I ever face an extraterrestrial, what would I ask? My question would be, tell me about the mistakes that your civilization made so we don't repeat them here. Yeah. What what, What do you ask? Uh, May I say your people?
1: Um, I'm talking to several different ones, several different civilizations. Um, The Zeta Reticuli, I definitely, it's like, you know, how can I not repeat that? You know, what can I do so that I'm not doing that? And part of it is to speak about what they've been teaching us. They're teaching us on the spaceships you know, they have screens, people have talked about it, where they're saying, hey, we blew up our planet, don't do this. Others. Others, on the ships. So part of the abduction is not just, you know, the eggs and the sperm, it's to teach us classrooms. So um, so one of the things, you know, that they're saying is, talk about it so that people can remember that they were taught how not to do it. Um, and a lot of my other, you know, conversations are with the Shaliniya, known in the Phoenix Lights, and these other hybrid civilizations that they've already worked through all of this they've worked through the polarity and they're actually functioning civilizations that are fully peaceful and blissful and so just learning from them that that can be real you know because we've learned for so long that we've got to like fight our way or work our way to a certain outcome when really just being ourselves and like loving each other is going to be the biggest benefit and create the most peace and the most you know, invention and technology and creativity that is out there. So I'm learning the higher you know, possibility of what we can be um, so that I can help bring me, which is all of my reflection of humanity with me to this higher state of being
0: this conversation is blowing me out of the water. We just we're gonna do just one tape and okay. we have a few minutes. Can you paint a picture for me about how civilization looks like how do they operate see somebody comes here they see our economic system they see our societal pressures they see police they see jails they see pollution paint for me one of these civilizations describe them one of these
1: positive civilizations. yes Um, if I were to
0: visit one of those planets why why am I to encounter what are they doing yes
1: the concept that they live one of the concepts that they live by is that everyone is married to each other so picture you're married right so picture if you were married to everyone how you would treat them there's no rushing on the freeway there's no cutting them off let me get this so that i can have more money than you and competition competitions eradicated because it's like when two people or like 10 people come together to create something they can create a hundred times more so when coming together, if everyone's married to each other, that means that they're responsible, you know, to that person to be themselves and to take care of them. And in turn, those people are married to them, so they're taking care of the other people. And then not only that, all of the kids, everyone's child is everyone's child. So there's no, I can get away with this thing because I'm this little kid and I have no responsibility for this kid. Everyone takes care of everyone, and. Everyone is playing every type of archetypal role as well. So the little kid is just as much of a teacher as the adult. And this male is also part, you know female. We have the polarity balance. So you're male, your female, your mother, your father, your child, your teacher, you're all of these different things. And so
0: there's no gender?
1: I mean, there can be gender, but they can express whatever they need to in each moment. and everything's run by synchronicity. So it's just like wherever I am is perfect. Whatever's happening is perfect in perfect timing. And then all of a sudden this person synchronistically comes up and we create this, and then we go into this other place so there's no schedules there's no time it's just whatever comes up is what's supposed to be happening just like right now i didn't know we were going to be doing this and I didn't it's know what's it happening it so it's utilizing synchronicity it's use, utilizing the natural flow and whatever the energy of that person is is going to attract that other person that they need to experience something and everyone's taking care of each other and i mean i think i feel that this is truly a natural state of being i mean competition, and polarity, and roles, and boxes, and structure, and control, I mean, it just, it takes so much more work to cover things up, and to suppress, and to push, than it does to just, like, love, and embrace, and so, I feel like that's, that's the contrast, and that's what they're teaching us.
0: One are these planets, do they have the equivalent of countries, or is it one planet, one peoples, and everyone united?
1: one planet, one people's, everyone's united and they're completely telepathic. So, you know, our conversation is more telepathic. You're tuning into everything that I'm feeling. And so, you're feeling the other person. It's not going, "Hey, I want this and you want this and but there's this whole undercurrent is of some other mind, agenda." Is it huh?
0: a, like a hive mind?
1: A hive mind? A
0: hive mind, like bees.
1: It is. It's, it's the individual is the collective and the collective is the individual. So the Zetas, they run as a collective mind. So that's one of the reasons why they're a little bit more...
0: Insects. Insects.
1: Right, they're insects and they're more vi- you know, kind of violent in the way that they don't care about like, one person's physical body being you know, whatever because they understand it's for the good of the whole. So if one bee dies, it's fine because it's helping the whole hive so when they're dealing when they're working with us humans that's how they're working with us they're going well you're just one individual helping the whole of your humanity so if you get some bumps and bruises along the way that's okay so they're coming from a very collective consciousness and we're coming from a hyper individual you know consciousness where we're living in these separate boxes and out for ourselves so the union and even if they're in our subconscious unconscious you know dream experiences the union of these two civilizations is really integrating the polarity of a full collective consciousness and a full individualistic consciousness so that we can be like these other extraterrestrial civilizations that are more positively oriented going i am an individual i'm going to express who i am and because of that i know i'm helping the whole and i'm aware of the whole telepathically because I'm aware of all that is, and I know that if I'm supporting them, they're supporting me, and we're all taken care of.
0: I'm gonna play devil's advocate one more time. Please. Some have presented a theory to me that they may be terraforming our planet with hybrids, because the way things are with can trails and all that, it could be they're trying to get rid of the old humans that are not able to evolve. Is there some credence, do you lend credence to that?
1: I mean, I would say so. I mean, I don't, I think we get to choose because there's infinite different future future parallel realities we get to choose. So there probably is a reality where it was all for the negative and they're creating these hybrids to take over the humans or whatever, if you want to experience that. So it's remembering what you believe is what you're going to project out in your reality. Um, for me, what I'm going to choose to experience is that it is more, they're creating the hybrids to help wake us up they've already destroyed themselves, they've already destroyed you know their civilization they're wanting to upgrade now, they're wanting like the higher beneficial positive road and we know that they've created these other civilizations because they're in contact with us that are a product of them, there's five hybrid civilizations they created and so they're positive, they're coming back to us, They're the Shaliniah helping us wake up so we know that there's positivity mixed in with this and the hybrid kids that they did create that are like my immediate children that they used my DNA and eggs for are actually going to come back and land on earth like physically so there is some credence to that is it to replace the old human population I I don't know Um, but I know that these are gonna help they're gonna help us these kids landing they're gonna help upgrade our energy and our awakening and so whatever the humans want to do I mean it, it'll shift to another parallel planet where some of those humans don't even... They're on a different planet because there's infinite futures. So um, so I believe that it's going to be a very positive landing with the hybrids and the humans in some kind of an integration.
0: I have no doubt that there's life outside of planet Earth, especially outside of our solar system. Yeah. Is there life in our solar system outside of planet Earth?
1: I mean, we... Uh, depending on what uh, you know time Mars
0: Venus etc
1: depending on how, how you want to look at it I, I believe that's part of human humanity did incarnate on Mars before we came to Earth um, before it was uninhabitable and then Maldek, of course which doesn't exist anymore. Um, so we do have you know other life going on in our solar system and we have remnants of that you know from one of mars moons and of course on the dark side of our moon of what we haven't seen so there's a lot you know of evidence going on there that just may not be quite disclosed yet um, and we have an alien race on our own planet being the dolphins and the whales the cetaceans and they're incarnate from Sirius so We've got a full-on alien species that we can make contact with and we can make peace with right here on our planet. And I was just in Hawaii swimming with them and making contact with them, and it was hyper-profound. And it is a different world. And um, so it's super special just connecting with ourselves and even just the plants and the animals. It's like, hey, let's make contact right here and, like, with a human in front of me. Who cares about this up here? We've got to do this first before we can connect up there.
0: Can you describe how it is that you are taken now to the ship for a a day in the classroom?
1: A day in the classroom? Well, I don't remember a lot of what the day in the classroom would have been like on the ship. I don't have that direct memory, but I feel like a lot of it has come through, as you can see, of what I—I I don't even know where all of this that I'm saying came from, so it must have come from up there. So I—I I feel like a day on the ship would have been them saying, "Okay, this is what's happening. This is why it's happening. So now go forth with it and you know change, change the world, and spread the message." So.
0: Do you think a lot of people that perceive that they're dreaming in reality they're getting downloads?
1: Yes, and I believe that a lot of people's dreams, which. I'm like, come on, they're actual experiences because every time that I'm in, you know, on the ship or having these memories, they're very dreamlike. We've got to remember that this is a very, very dense reality, our physical reality. And when we're going on a ship, it's a very light, more etheric reality that is more perceivable as our dream state. But those are actual experiences. And so, acknowledging those as experiences is going to help a lot of the confusion. Going, I don't know what all these dreams are about. Going, no, those might be actual experiences. They're just more of a dreamlike state that are very much more etheric. And so, um, just figuring out the different resonances and acknowledging them as something you know more palpable and actually you physically being taken is is a good realization.
0: What term do you use? You, I bet you don't use the word abducting.
1: I use the word abducted so that people know what I'm talking about. Right. And it, I feel like as long as there's not a negative charge on it, I don't have any issue with saying it. And I have the full realization that I chose it um, you know, in my incarnation to experience it. So I have no problem with it. I know Bashar talks about detainment as being a word, um, experiences. But I like to refer to abduction because we know that that is the Zeta Reticuli you know, taking you up as a human, so, because experiences could be with many different civilizations, it could be many different things, so I still use the word abduction, um, but there could be many other words.
0: Do they take you physically, or do they take your spirit or soul, or however you want to describe it? Physically. Physically.
1: Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, they'll come down to me in my room, and actually, like, work on me just in the room. That's been more recently what's been happening, which is pretty fun.
0: (laughs) To prepare you, you mean?
1: To prepare me, they—they they, a few weeks ago they recalibrated me and they actually like electrocuted my sacral chakra to kind of align it more um, and so it was like 15 minutes of excruciating, shocking but I kept getting the telepathic message, we're just recalibrating you and I had been asking for it because I had been doing a lot of work and releasing energy there and then they came in and were doing it and um, I felt better ever since so.
0: We have five minutes on the tape. And I wanted to ask you, you have hybrid children too? Yeah. Do you get to see them often?
1: Um, I see them in dream state more and more. So the more I raise my consciousness, the more dreams and things that I remember. I have not met them physically yet, but it's coming soon. And I know that I'm going to be one of the first people for that initial contact. Um, So I don't have any particular expectations about timing or when. I'm just loving the journey of it, and connecting with them telepathically, and learning about their personalities, and utilizing like my heart and my telepathic skills to connect with them. So that when they do come, I mean, they're going to be telepathic, and they're going to need to connect with me through my heart. So I'm just practicing. So I'm really enjoying the practicing and the um, classroom that they're putting me through because they really know a lot, and they can really help us, and they're very spicy guides you know they're not like the subtle um, other other beings that are like here we're unconditionally going this direction and the hybrid kids are a little bit more like mom get with it you know so it's really fun working with them because they have the consciousness but they have the spitfire to actually go forth with it
0: I'm not sure if if an extraterrestrial race would need nurturing as as an infant or a baby since I, I presume you haven't been there to nurture the, the hybrid babies, what substitutes that nurture?
1: I've I've heard of different people and I've had different dreams, which obviously could be experiences obviously, of um they actually get very I've heard very um motherly uh, parents to be taken up on the ship to actually like hold the babies because the Zetas don't even know how to hold a baby so the, it'll just come out of the test tube and they'll just drop it and I've had a lot of dreams of actually like people dropping babies and so the, the mothers will teach the Zetas how to care because the Zetas don't have the emotion so they'll hold the babies and take care of them so there is a lot of that bonding going on on the actual ships um, because they are still kids and they are still you know highly human DNA So they do need some nurturing and they are still children. So there is going to be a lot of purpose of, you know, mothers being mothers and fathers being fathers for when they do come. Um, So it's still very relevant.
0: I interviewed somebody with the name of Sonny Sito. I don't know if you know who she is, Mm -mm. but this is exactly what she revealed to me, that she was taken up there to do just that, to nurture the babies. Yes. What happens with these babies when they, we have three minutes left, when they grow?
1: Well, when they grow, um, they live very full lives. I mean, they're fully doing, you know, what they're meant to be doing. I Here
0: mean, on planet Earth.
1: Yeah, you know, on the ships. On so the right, ships. right now they're with the Shalanians. So they're so they're called the freelancers. They're not a part of a hybrid civilization. They're gonna come down to Earth and be assimilate with humanity. So right now they're on the Shalanians' ships. They're following their full excitements, whatever that is. You know, studying tea ceremonies around the world contacting other civilizations, doing very exciting things. And so, when they come down, we've gotta have a full humanity ready for them to meet so that they can go, okay, teach us what to do here, instead of, you know, we're busy, we're, you know, shooting guns.
0: This is such a fascinating conversation that we've had. I only expected about five minutes, so we did an hour. How can people learn more about your work? You're an author, you've written books, and that you have a website, what can you tell us?
1: Um, You can visit BridgetNelson.com, B-R-I-D-G-E-T, Nielsen, um, dot com and all the hybrid stuff at hybridchildrencommunity.com so you can learn even more in those different platforms.
0: And people can write to you?
1: Yeah, people can write to me, call me, tell me about your experiences. Let's share. Wow. Yeah.
0: Bridget Nielsen, thank you so much for, for this great conversation.
1: Thank you for talking. Thank you. Yay.